Wilson. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people submit to us. We usually have about 10 bands in the queue every week. We roll some dice. We get through between five and seven of them. We give our honest reaction on the music that we hear. Sometimes we really like stuff. Sometimes we don't. Uh, That said, it's not a review show in a traditional sense. Uh, This is not really music criticism per se. We're not making a whole lot of value judgments about what we hear. Um, even if we don't like something, typically speaking, we like to encourage people to support it if they do like it. We're not trying to be tastemakers here. Uh, we're just talking about something that we really enjoy. So, uh, yeah, you know, if you like punk, hardcore, and all of the related minutia, this is a show for you. It's every, every, every episode is somebody's first show, so we like to give a little intro up top, but that's really all there is to it. I, I like how... The, the in in the i guess modern lexicon we'll uh-huh. say in the past 10 years yeah one of my favorite like vapid phrases is i'm not trying to or we're not trying to uh-huh. uh that is a phrase that when you preload that at the beginning of a sentence yeah it's it's sort of like with all due respect <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess it kind of is analogous to with all due respect. It's like right. you're 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 basically preparing to say something that could easily be construed as like combative or shitty, but you're trying to take out a little a little of the impact. Yeah. Yeah. Or when you say uh when you prefix when when you preface a a, a sentence with look, comma, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you know, you know that no matter what is said after that, no matter what is said with, I'm not trying to, you de- you're definitely fucking trying to, um, or look, you know, that like the tenor of what's coming next is probably not agreeable. Um, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's just sort of like a, a disposable denial of culpability. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I like to I like to to top load every episode of this show with a disposable denial of culpability. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what the intro to the show is every week. It's yeah, just I, mean, I mean, it really is because last week we 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 uh, fell back into our old ways and told a, a band to flip their van. <laughs> yeah, we did, um, and. Uh, mocked them mercilessly perhaps more mercilessly than any anybody we've mocked before yeah and i found out that uh the the vocalist of that band is actually my facebook friend which i didn't realize (laughs) at the time when i was posting about the episode and shit. well that's not a friend it's just like it's no 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 we're just we're just connected on facebook right right Um, right right but uh, he almost certainly saw all of that is what i'm saying <laughs> sure is he still your buddy um i don't know i don't know that we've ever actually communicated in any way um yeah. i just you know people add me on there for what you know cuz they hear i book shows or whatever the case may be um so I, I haven't checked to see if he unfriended me on facebook but uh i wouldn't be surprised nor would i blame him literally there's another vapid phrase of the past decade or 15 years facebook friend Right. Yes, because um, it, it doesn't actually denote friendship on any. It level. doesn't denote any any level of relationship whatsoever. It's like me saying that everybody in the United States is my friend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which we all know is not the case. Right. Um, uh, speaking of the Jet Jaguar episode, um, 
you're already aware of this, obviously, but anybody maybe not part of the Facebook group or the Discord or, or generally who doesn't participate in social media might not know that your laugh, um, the laugh that was spurred on by hearing Jet Jaguar sure. for the first time, what it has become something of a meme. Okay. Right? There, there are a few YouTube videos. I know I forwarded a, a couple of them to uh, to your girl so she could show you. Um, there have there have been a few videos now that have surfaced, and then there's the the actual meme that I sent you last night. Yeah. Um, there, there. It's it's really sparked the imagination of the masses, man. <laughs> I, I've gotten a lot of feedback that said that that uh, from people who who are both longtime listeners. Uh, and first time listeners, long time listeners saying this is probably, that was probably the best moment of the show so far. And a few people who said, you know what? I hadn't felt compelled to listen to the show previously, but after hearing that clip, I subscribed to the, to the podcast. So oh, it, yeah, it really sparked, like I said, it really sparked the imagination of the masses. All right. So my, my, uh, my, my, uh, mirthful mockery has, uh, done some good in the world. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Unless you're a member of Jet Jaguar or their peer group, it has done some good in the world. Yes. Well, he, well he's your buddy. Ask him. Yeah, I'll just hit him up. I'll hit I'll hit up old Pete Zen and see what he has to say. Oh, good lord, that's not his fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think his last name is is like uh, Zen Zen or Zen Gurley or something. But he goes by Pete Zen. Of course, Pete Pete X Zen. Yeah, but of course. Of course, he has to take the straight ed- the X out because he's not straight edge. No, anymore. he's not straight edge anymore. Um, so before we, uh, before we dive into the episode, I just, I want to give one brief shout out to, uh, to a one Tom Gordon, my grandfather. We had the, uh, we had a, a, just sort of a celebration of life for him yesterday. And I just got back from, uh, from his house. Um, and we did like a, a dedication. He was a, an avid gardener. He passed back in April. I, I mentioned it on the show. So some of you guys might know that already, but you know, we just spread his ashes around and shit, but I wanted to shout out to him. If you've, if you're listening to this, then you've already heard the intro, but I was planning on making the intro this week. I saw your mommy by uh, suicidal tendencies because that was for whatever reason, that song just really tickled him and he could often be heard in the background of the home uh, humming or singing. I saw your mommy by suicidal tendencies to himself over the course of the last 30 years. So uh, shout out to shout out to Tom Gordon, my grandpa and his love for I saw your mommy by ST. Yeah. Cheers, Tom. So whether he's uh, relaxing in paradise or, roasting in the eternal fires of hell wherever you are tom cheers <laughs> indeed <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he's down in hell so i can see him when i die yeah um so uh on that note unless you have anything specific that you want to address you want to jump into music or do you have do you have some some more thoughts that you'd like to to load into the front of the episode well i mean we could mention that we're we're uh as as taste makers we're uh, going to be putting playlists up Yep, that's right. I posted about that in the Facebook group, but again, I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who are not not a part of that. So yeah, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do some weekly playlists. I think is the idea right now. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, weekly, meaning that more than once a month, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, it's not hard to put a playlist together, and it's fun and it's enjoyable. And I mean, making a playlist is, I mean, it's it's it gives you a good excuse to sit down and focus on music, right? Because a lot of times I feel like we just put music on in the background or whatever. 
Um, but I never really, especially with work and everything, I don't really ever give something like a good hard listen. Right. Um, so for me anyway, it's, it's a good excuse to like really get down and pay attention to pay attention to music, at least for, you know, a couple hours a week. Definitely. Um, And share shit that we're into. It's not all new. In fact, it's a mix of old stuff. It's a mix of new stuff. If it is new, then we, um, as always, uh, if we're going to grab a track from somebody's band camp or something like that, we'll pay for it. Right. Um, if we have to pay for the whole record, I guess that's what we'll do too. Sure. Um, we've done that. Um, and we provide links to the, you know, if it's, if it's a current band and they're up there, we, we provide links to them. So if you like what you hear, you know, reach out to them and uh, spend a few bucks. Um, cause that'd be awfully, awfully cool of you. Um, so again, it's more about just kind of getting, getting music out there, right? Uh, give sure. me ex- an excuse to listen to music and um, just get some some other tracks out there. It's not all hardcore, it's not all punk, but it's all under that broad, I guess, umbrella of um, um, culturally transgressive music, perhaps. Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up for sure. Um, I started working on my first one last night. If you're hearing this, then uh, Nate's first one will already be available. We'll have it up on the Patreon, but uh, for legal and ethical reasons, we won't have it behind a paywall. So we'll we'll just post them up there as public posts. And uh, yeah, weekly meaning <laughs> at more at least once or more a month. Obviously, life life gets in the way, and this is free content, so we're under no like serious obligation to keep them coming. But I really like uh, curating media like that. I enjoy for other people to consume. It's something that I find incredibly fun. Um, I, I like ha- having the opportunity to, uh, to big up shit that I really enjoy. Um, making mixtapes for people is, is one of my favorite pastimes ever. So uh, when, you, when you hit me with the suggestion, I was, I was on board immediately. I like doing this. Like I said, I already started last night putting together my first one. Um, but yeah, so look out for that. That's, uh, it, it's a, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's a way to maybe insert a little bit of intentionality and focus into the music listening process. Um, I get really anal retentive about how the playlists I make flow. I want to make sure that there's like a, not so much a narrative arc, but at least uh, an emotive arc to it so that like all of the songs run together in a way that feels organic and cohesive and you feel like you're listening to a record when you listen to the mixtape. Um, that's something I've, I've obsessed about and been weird about since I was a little kid. Um, so yeah, I get, I get real weird about it, but it's all, I also get like a deep satisfaction when I've put together a mixtape that I know is just like hitting from start to finish. So I'm, I'm stoked on this. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't put as much thought into like the flow of it. I mean, you know, I'm not going to put a fucking, I'm not going to put a fucking, I don't know, Nico track right in front of a Merzbo track or something like that. But um, yeah. I don't like Nico anyway. Um, uh, oh, trust me. I have a very distinct memory of you expressing that you, you didn't like Nico. You know, but, uh, you know, you, you try to make something that at least seems a little cohesive. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll have themes. Maybe they won't. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, just uh, yeah. check it out if you like. And if you got suggestions, put them in the fucking comment box. If you have a suggestion for a band, you know, that's that's like – got something that's less than a year old obviously submit that to the show yeah um but yo you know um if you heard something on a playlist and uh it reminds you of this and maybe you're not sure anybody else knows about it you know let us know yeah for sure so uh you want to hop into the queue this week all right all right so we have got uh mostly new stuff a few returns from last week 
So first up, we have got Wide Man from Denver, Colorado. They sent over a, a track from a demo that is forthcoming. Yeah, a member of the band sent it over. It was in the queue last week, but we didn't get around to it. It's not available for uh, public consumption yet. We got the we got the, the the early bird special on that one. So if we land on that, I think that'll be the first time the public hears it. Then we have got The Fight with their release Endless Noise on Triple B Records. This was sent over by Grant Williams. Um, this is a, a name I've seen bouncing around in my feed. Obviously, it's on Triple B, so it's got at least a little bit of hype. Uh, it's a record that came out in March of this year. I haven't gotten around to listening to it, but they're uh, New York, uh, I think a Long Island-based band. Then we've got the band Hacked Up with their release Chokehold. This was sent over by a member of the band. They are a number, another Denver, Colorado band um, that uh, self-described as Power Violence. The, the Xeroxed, uh, Xeroxed cover certainly certainly uh, tracks. Then we have got Piss Demon with Crimes Against Piss. This was, <laughs> which is a, a good name. Um, That's a good name. All of the songs uh, appear to have piss in the name. Piss Reaper, Chalk Full of Piss, Pissard, If It Ain't Piss, It Ain't Shit, um, etc. So this was sent by a member of the band who encouraged us not to go easy on it. They said that all of the tracks are improvised, and um, it's basically them fucking around on their with with their friends. Um, you know, so it sounds like some low effort joke shit. Um, but hey, if we land on it, we'll play it, and we'll we'll go in on you. Then we have got Nightwire with Final Sin. This is a Baltimore, Maryland band who I believe also self-submitted. They have some previous releases that I have not listened to. This is a new track off of, I think what they said was a planned 7-inch or an LP that they were demoing back in back in the spring, um, but then COVID sort of shelved that, so they decided to take one of the scratch tracks um, that they had demoed out and mix it down and put it out, so he said it's a little bit rough, um, but gives an idea of what uh, their upcoming release will sound like. They describe themselves as noise punk, which could mean many different things. Then we have got If I Die First with My Poison Arms EP. This is an L.A.-based band that uh, frequent caller, listener, song submitter to the show AJ sent in. Um, AJ said that when you heard this, specifically you, Nate, you might want to drive to California to either kill these people or take your own life in front of them. AJ has a a penchant for sending in bands that uh, they know we will fucking hate um also sends in some good shit from time to time but every once in a while likes to just throw throw something in that they've heard um that has has struck their ears uh so offensively that they feel the need to share it with us in the world well the name of that band is um i guess uh premonitory isn't it yeah and and uh the art. Oh shit! I know what this is. I haven't listened to this, but I just looked at the artwork and I remember seeing a promo pic uh, in like an article that was shared about this. And I know what this is. This is like a super group of like SoundCloud rappers. Okay. Um, who are like dudes that come from? I'm using this term very broadly. Come from punk and hardcore. Um playing like turn of the century radio screamo emo shit. So <laughs> is there a such thing as a super group of SoundCloud SoundCloud rappers? Is that uh, possible? If if you're a if you're a fucking Gen Z kid, then yeah, definitely. I guess so. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. 
Um, then next up, we have got Dope Sweater with their single Pretty People slash Please Die. This is an Indianapolis-based band. Uh, so I was on the podcast of Anthony who plays vocal or plays guitar and does vocals in this band. Um, he and his friend Chad do, uh, do a podcast that I was on where they, I think, I don't really know what the premise of the podcast is. I think they just kind of get together and shoot the shit. Cause that's what we did. Uh, so I'm, I've, this band has been sort of in my orbit for a minute. Uh, I'm from, I'm familiar with them, but I never listened to them. I kind of always just assumed that they were like an emo band because I've just I, I I've seen some of the bills that they were on and it always seemed to be with like emo bands and shit but evidently they're like garage punky shit so this might actually be sick I've avoided it because of some association that I created in my brain um, but I kind of hope that we land on this now because I I really want to check it out and somebody in the somebody in the the album art is wearing a Spitz shirt so that's like pretty promising actually okay then we have got Eternal Witch with their Demo 20. This is a San Antonio, Texas band. Uh, I can't remember who sent this in. I can check real quick if we come up, uh, if, if we actually get it in the queue, uh, or I mean, if we actually land on it, ra uh, rather. I think this was sent in by uh, Alex Osorio, um, but I think this is more San Antonio-based uh, metal shit. Then we have got The Path. This is a return from last week. They self-submitted. They decided to resubmit since it didn't make it in the queue last week. This is a split with the band Psychic Weight, and The Path is a band from Vermont. Then we have got a band called Tuono with Joselto La Morte. This is a band from Italy who features members of other bands that I can't recall off the top of my head, but it was sent in by Ryan Donahoe, said it's sort of uh, rock and D-beat shit that would probably be right up our alley. And that's everything we got in the queue this week, so let's roll the dice. Okay. Um, seven. Okay. Ten, nine, eight. Seven is Dope Sweater. So they, there we go. I was hoping we'd land on this so that I could finally listen to it. It's dopesweater.bandcamp.com. It is a two-song single, Pretty People and Please Die. They have got Please Die queued up to play, so I guess we will go with their intuition and trust them that they've put their best song up first. So we're going to listen to the song Please Die by Dope Sweater.
Okay, so we just heard the song Please Die by the band Dope Sweater from Indianapolis, and uh, I'm dumb for not listening to that sooner. sooner. That was uh, that was not emo at all. That was indeed garage punk, and I really enjoyed that. Nate, what'd you, uh, what'd you think about that? Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was... Um I mean, it's it sounded like something that might be on like a, a, a what is it, a Goner Records? Sure. Um, is it Goner or Boner? Uh, that's, that's like who Gogs and Tysagall and shit. Yeah, yep, yep, for sure, yep. Yeah, so it sounds like it's something might be on like, you know, a fucking, uh, you know, Tysagall fucking Spotify radio. Sure. Um, was pretty good. I enjoyed that. I enjoy stuff like that generally. Um mm-hmm. It kind of, yeah, I mean, there's, what, what else can you say? Um, it it, it kind of reminded me of like, it kind of reminded me of like 2008 era OCs trying to cover Jay Retard. Totally, yes, yeah. Right? Yep. Yep, I was I was going to bring up the, uh, the the OCs comparison, the older OCs comparison for sure. And obviously, yeah, if, if, if you're talking about that style of music in general, uh, Jay Retard is going to come into the conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, this wasn't this wasn't astounding. This wasn't innovative, but it was really competently played. It was catchy and it got in and it got out under two minutes. Both of the songs on this single are under two minutes long, which I love to see, especially for this style of music not overstaying your welcome is fucking essential because there's not that many ideas presented here. And the best thing to do is to just write something that is a fucking earworm, put it in your listener's head and then get the fuck out and get onto the next song, which they did with this for sure. Um, so yeah, this was, this was surprisingly competent too. Uh, you know, this is a, this is music that lends itself to, um, laziness for sure. It's easy to, to decide, oh, I want to do like a garage rock revival band with like some punk undertones and then get together and play the most fucking boring, ham-fisted, phoned-in bullshit ever. Um, But this was actually very catchy. Um, The lead at the end was a lot of fun. There is clearly some mind paid to actual songwriting here. Um, The energy, the momentum you know, kept up for the entire, the entire duration of the song. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is really good. I think this is, uh, I I'm kind of surprised that this doesn't have more hype around it. And I wonder why that is. Yeah. I mean, at least in Indiana, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the production choices helped it out a lot too. Like the, the heavy yep. reverb on the vocals that kind of made the song, um, sure. without that, it would have been a totally different song and much less interesting. Yeah. Um, because it gave it, you know, a weirdo edge. Yep. Um, the I would say that overall, the aesthetic of the band has not been nailed down yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does not appear to be. No. The logo looks like uh, they tried to copy an insect warfare logo and threw an upside down cross in it. Right. The artwork for this particular release is um, kind of shitty. Um, you know, just low effort digital editing. Um, right. And, uh, but whatever, musically, uh, sounded good. Yeah, for sure. Maybe, uh, maybe that does have something to do with it. And I think it probably has something to do with why I didn't check it out earlier before too, like beyond just the associations, but like there are so many different typefaces that I see when I look at this page, Yeah, like the fucking banner looks one way that is not at all representative. No, no. 
then they've got like the fucking inverted pentagram as the background and they have that like insect warfare slash black metal looking logo which I, I i i get it i appreciate like a jokey logo here and there but maybe not as like your primary representation of your band and then the album art for all of these records looks vastly different and not none of them except for maybe a i get maybe a couple of them kind of but most of them don't look particularly representative of what you're about to hear um so yeah that yeah. maybe maybe the the disjointed uh, approach to their presentation aesthetically is is, is kind of off-putting too but uh yeah so i don't know i guess if i if i guess if i had a single success su- suggestion it would be to uh to pull that together um yeah because re- the music deserves a more cohesive um overall package yeah, for sure. And I think, and not not to suggest that you give a fuck about this, because perhaps you don't, but if you do want more people to listen to your music uh, and check it out, just, I mean, it is what it is. It's not a good thing, but like in the, in, in the age of fucking scrolling and double clicking and tapping like on shit, um, visuals are somewhat important. I mean, you, you, unless somebody suggests something to me or like sends it into the show or somebody that I, whose opinion I actually respect, which few and far between suggest something to me. Um, it's unlikely that I'm going to listen to something or check something out unless it fucking like catches my eye and I go, Oh, that looks fucking cool. Yeah. And, and largely, I mean, that's not even different than it, than it's ever been because back in the day, or still rather, you know, flipping through shit at a record store, if something catches my eye and it's cheap enough, I'll pick it up just on a whim and see how it is. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't know, maybe, uh, redouble your efforts on, on sort of creating a, a more cohesive, uh, effective and represent representative aesthetic. And it, it might catch more eyes, but other than that, the music's really solid. I will definitely, uh, continue to check back in with this band and see what else they're doing. I would like to put, I would like to book this up here when shows start happening again. This is, this is cool shit. I liked it a lot. I'm like I said, I'm, uh, I'm foolish for not having checked it out previously. Dude, shows ain't fucking happening again. Ever. You know what that fucking, that fucker Fauci said? What did he say? He said coronavirus is never going to go away in a fucking interview like last, late last week. Yeah, for sure. He said it's um, never going to go away. He said we're never going to get back to normal. That fucker. It's just like him too. I bet you that, uh, it's all part of his fucking plan. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, I'm sure there will be some new normals, um, definitely. But at some point, I imagine shows will start happening again. I have to imagine that there are. Um, I mean, already we've talked we, we've talked about this already. A, a fucking a, a show, especially a basement show, is everybody knows is already a fucking you know petri dish of um, infection. Yeah, I've gotten a staph infection from one before. Yep. I've literally never gone on tour and not ended up sick as a fucking dog like right. three, four, five days in. Um, literally never. Um, and e- even just like, you know, a weekend out, I get right. fucking sick every fucking time, right? Yeah. And you got people fucking sweating and breathing heavy and fucking yelling. Yeah. ain't That, that, that shit ain't happening again, man. So we're at... Say, so- uh, say goodbye. Okay, so shows thank, are done. Thank one Anthony Fauci and uh, Xi Jinping. <laughs> yes, to the two horns of the Baphomet. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's roll the dice and see what we got next. All right, eight. Okay. 
eight is the path. So, yo, good on y'all for resubmitting. You did it. Your efforts paid off. Paid dividends, baby. So the Bandcamp is thepathvt.bandcamp.com. They are a Vermont, Vermont hardcore band who I know nothing about. Evidently, they've been around for five years. Um, what? <laughs> I clicked on the picture of the band playing. Uh-huh. It looks like... The same dude, just five times photoshopped behind different <laughs> instruments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like maybe they made him a little fatter or a little skinnier, but it's the same dude every fucking time. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, they yeah. all have this exact same facial hair vibe going on. They're yeah. all wearing, save one of them, they're all wearing black tees. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that. Um, okay. So yeah, this is a Vermont, Vermont hardcore band that's been around for five years who uh, I'm not familiar with. Um, it looks like they got an LP and CD coming out on state of mind recordings who I am familiar with. Um, and the cassette is coming out on ugly and proud in Europe. Um, I think they just described this as sort of like straight ahead hardcore. Um, I can I can check and see what they said because I like you know I like to see what a band has to say hey, for themselves. Hear, hear it from the horse's mouth, right? Indeed. All right. So they uh, we just put out a split. We're ready to put our feet to the fire and see what what we think about it. Um, the individual who sent this in, John from the band, uh, aka every member of the band. Um, recently started the podcast from the beginning and it seems like there's a 3% chance Nate will like it. Hopefully we can thread the needle. So there you go. They think right. they, they're convinced that you won't like it. They're convinced that they know your taste well enough to decide what you like and what you don't like. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think you know the first goddamn thing about me. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's just start at the beginning. That's where they would have us start. It looks like. So the spread first track black. on here. Yes, spread black. So we're gonna listen to the song "Spread Plague" by The Path off of their split with Psychic Weight. Young people from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part too. <laughs> They're doing their part. Are you? Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Like you got a bird. 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 
Okay, so we went ahead and decided to listen to two tracks since the first track was more of an intro. So we listened to Spread Plague and Washington is Burning by The Path off of their split with Psychic Weight. Nate, how'd you feel about that? There's nothing wrong with that at all. No. Um, Yeah, apparently you don't know the first fucking thing about me because that's just straightforward uh, thrashy metallic hardcore with an emphasis on the hardcore. Um, You know, that's not... It's not out of line with something like... uh, Well... The first song, the vocalist kind of reminded me of Richard Armitage from Ver- from Voorhees. Yeah. And so, I mean, this isn't totally out of line with, you know, Voorhees or something like that. It's not quite Voorhees is better and more hardcore. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just that, like, it, it's that dis- di- descriptorless hardcore, right? Like, there's no, sure. there's nothing else you can put around it. Right. This is just hardcore. Right. Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's fun. This, this shit is always fun to see live. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's catchy enough that you can fucking dance to it. The songs don't stick around so long to get tired of dancing to it. Right. Um, and uh, the lyrics are about real shit, which is always a winner with me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with this at all. Um, yeah, your, your prediction about Nate, Nate disliking this was uh, certainly incorrect. I mean, there's not a whole lot to dislike about this. It, it didn't blow me away. Um I also think I got a little bit more burnt out on this particular approach to hardcore than Nate probably did because Nate, I think that you were ma- you had maybe stepped out of like the mainstream hardcore world during the period of time when this shit was like really, really popping and I was hyper immersed in it. So there was a moment in like 2007, eight, nine where every local hardcore band fucking sounded like this because this this is this is definitely if you could add a descriptor to this this is bridge nine hardcore yeah for sure yeah for sure you know what i mean this is um this has notes of shit like outbreak in it for sure Mm -hmm. especially in the vocal delivery um which is a band that i fucking loved at the time and and that was the first thing i thought of when i heard this so that's that's not a diss by any stretch of the imagination i did just get a little bit burnt out on this so hearing it now um, it doesn't evoke the same excitement in me that it would have when I was 18. But again, there's not a lot to dislike about this. You could you could maybe rag on the uh, gang vocal heavy approach a little bit, right? Um, there that, are some that tro- gets a little hackneyed sometimes. Yeah, sure, sure. There there are some tropes that are peeking their head in um, from an era of hardcore that that in upon with it with hindsight was uh, a little bit corny, but ultimately was good enough that it it, uh, it it captured the attention of an entire generation of kids and got a lot of people into shit. I think this is really good uh, gateway drug hardcore for sure. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not obtuse enough um, to be completely off-putting, but it's still aggressive enough and encapsulates sort of the essence of the genre in a way that somebody new to it who knows that they're looking for something more aggressive and intense than what they're normally listening to, um, this could definitely this could definitely reel you in. Um, there's still enough of an element there that it's, it's, there's, it's catchy enough, um, that it's not totally foreign. You know, there are sing-along parts. It's, uh, it's fun introductory hardcore that, as you pointed out, especially when everybody at the show knows the songs is really makes for a really fun live experience. Um, yeah, I got, I got nothing bad to say about this. It didn't, it didn't like by, by any stretch of the imagination blow me away, but it was really competent and, uh, you know, I, I didn't dislike it at all. Yeah. And that's a good way you mentioned bridge nine. Yeah. I didn't fuck around with bridge nine style hardcore much at all. 
Um, right. Especially that time, you know, when it was popping off 10 years ago, right. um, 10, 12, 13, 14 years ago, I was listening almost exclusively to fucking, you know, D-beat, crust, and grindcore. Right, exactly. Um, and death metal. Yeah. Um, that's that's where I was. If it wasn't if it wasn't minor threat or negative approach style American hardcore, then that's what I was listening to. Right. Um and uh yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, and 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 this this kind of hardcore, yeah, it is a good gateway into many of the things because there's enough flavor from different styles in it that you can go you can go to fucking, you know, youth crew straight edge. You could you could, you know, follow that rabbit hole. You could take this into heavier shit. You could take this into fucking grind if you wanted to. Sure. Um it's it's sort of like like just centrally located in a lot of different flavors and styles. Definitely. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, and for that, like I said, I think that's a, that's a laudable space to occupy because it's a, it's a job that needs to be done. Right. They're like um, the kindergarten teachers of hardcore. Right. Like even though they're not t- teaching high level math, they are nonetheless indispensable. Right. 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 For, for sure. So, uh, yo, the path, I, I, John specifically who submitted this, um, who is the mentalist. Right, who is the vocalist that is pictured in there? So he is every member of the band. Um, John, hopefully you were uh, pleasantly surprised by our by our take on your band. I thought that was uh, I thought that was very solid. Let's uh, let's roll the dice and see what we got next. All right, eight again, rolling okay. high. We are rolling high. I wish I I wish I were rolling high when I played D anD D, but that's so rarely the case. Um, so now we got Tuono. The Bandcamp is tuonopunk.bandcamp.com. It's spelled T-U-O-N-O. The release, I'm sure I'm pronouncing this somewhat wrong, is Hoskelto La Morte. It's, it's Italian. This is a band from Italy. Um, it was sent in, like I said, by a guy named Ryan Donahoe, who's a listener to the show. He submitted, uh, he submitted a few things in the past. Um, said let's see what he had to say about it he said the, his last couple suggestions were more metal came across this italian band that he thinks is in our lane they play db informed style of rock based hardcore that leans heavily on straight rock and roll at times kind of pulls off the warthog vibe but their own style they have members of impulso and horror vacui but don't seem to have too much hype he said the first track is mostly an intro but the whole record are rippers okay so well, maybe let's start with track two well track two is also um the title track. The title track, so. All right, cool. So we are going to listen to Hoskelta La Morte by Tuono off of their uh, LP of the same name. <laughs>
Okay, we just heard the song Ho Skelto La Morte off the record of the same name by the Italian band Tuono. And Ryan, at least on my end, your intuition was correct about that. That was definitely right up my alley. I liked that a lot. Nate, what'd you think about that? Yeah, I really like that. Um, but here's the thing. Hmm. I like lots of stuff that sounds exactly like that. Mm-hmm. And it all just sort of falls into like a blur. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, definitely. This didn't stand out to me enough that I was gonna like. I'm not gonna say, "Oh, I'm gonna buy that right now." You know what I mean? Like yeah. the like the Cole Brat stuff, right? Sure. Um, yeah. Basically, the, the 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 difference between this and like bands that are popping off that sound like this, like a Warthog, which yeah, Warthog's probably a little better, right? But is base mostly production and connections. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like a, a little better production on this, a little beefier, louder, fucking fuller production on this. And uh, if they lived somewhere than, other than where they do in Italy, and, and they'd probably be fucking popping off too. Yeah, for sure. If they were like part of the New York scene, this band would right. be huge. Right. Like, you know, fucking if they knew somebody on some hot Euro label, you know, because this would fit right in with the stuff that comes off on like, uh, what is it? La Vida and Mo- Moose or whatever, yeah. how you pronounce that, right? I yeah, think definitely. Exactly England, actually. But yeah. like, you know, there's any number of like labels um, that are kind of in Europe that, that, that do stuff like this, that band the bands get attention. Um, this isn't a lot different than... Um, stuff that's coming out of like Spain and right. like, like West, like West of Italy. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that section of Europe either. Um, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Fuerza Nueva. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, so, you know, basically it's just a matter of connections in production. Cause there's tons of bands that sound like this. They're all generally good. Um, yep. but, um, at the same time, they kind of, they kind of become a blur for me. No, for sure. I, I mean, I think that's just sort of, uh, I think that's just sort of part and parcel to, to the genre. You know what I mean? This, this mm-hmm. stuff is, this stuff is not designed to be, um, uh, this stuff is not designed to be discernible. It's, it's just kind of designed to rip and fall within the confines of the genre tag. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the best executed of that stands out certainly from the worst executed, but yeah, at the end of the year, when I'm kind of taking mental stock of this shit, it's got to really, really stand out for me to remember it. And it has to be something like Warthog. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And this is not quite approaching that level, but it's not far off either. I mean, this was really, really good. This was, I, I enjoyed this a lot. But yeah, this is this is a, a style of music that when it's well done, I, I enjoy every second of it while it's playing. But then, yeah, I, I, have, I have trouble remembering... Uh, which which band is which you know what i mean was that oh did was that off the fucking rat cage release or was that a, off of this release you know what i mean yeah um but uh but yeah that was that was solid and i did like too that it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily like directly in the lineage of discharge edb to me this felt more like some of the other uk 82 stuff like this felt more like exploited to me yeah. Um, or yeah. more like Verukers or something than it did Discharge, which is always nice. And then I also have noticed in, in a few newer D-beat infu- in, inspired bands, um, really subtle, almost post-punky influences sort of seeping in in some of the guitar leads, which sure. I really enjoy a lot. And that was definitely present in this. Um, kind of like, uh, you know, throwing some chorus on the, on the lead guitar and doing some sort of weirder, spacier parts than you might hear in a traditional D beat song. I mm-hmm. dig that a lot. I think that's a really good element to incorporate and it, uh, it, it, uh, it fuses with the pre-existing D beat formula pretty well. 
Um, so yeah, I liked I liked this quite a lot. Yeah. So and, and I was not thinking of Fuerza Nueva. It's Nueva Fuerza. Oh, okay. Um, they're both from Spain. Um, they're uh, a palindrome. Um, not quite, but you know what I mean. Yeah, for um, sure. And uh, yeah. So um, whatever. I I I bet seventy five percent of our audience doesn't even know what a palindrome is off the top of their heads. Well, the one I've never heard of, Where's a Nueva? But uh-huh. I do have the a few releases by Nueva Fuerza. Okay, um, word. So there you go. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was that was real solid. Um, got nothing, got nothing bad to say it say about it other than like I said, yeah, uh, this stuff uh, feels a little bit uh, indiscernible from from other, you know. B, B plus level uh, DB bands that are out, but other than that, I got no complaints. Yeah, yeah. If 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 you were on tour and played with a band like this, um, yeah. they would be one of the better bands you played with. Uh, Most certainly, join your basement tour, and then you'd like trade shows and shit like that with them, and then they'd probably pick up in your fucking neck of the woods too, right? For sure. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a band that if you if you uh, if you played with them on tour, you would definitely exchange info for sure. Um, all right, let's roll the dice to see what's up next. All right. Four. All right, four is P- Piss Demon. Uh, they told us not to go easy on them. It's pissdemon.bandcamp.com. Let's see exactly what they had to say about for, for themselves because, like I said, they uh, they sent it. Franklin Hendricks from the band sent this in. We are a grindcore band about piss. You are not going to like this, but we have fun making this stuff. It's all improv on the spot. All the skits, vocals, etc., are just improv, and we and we record. Don't take it easy on us. Roast us. Also, I will say that the usage of the word improv instead of improvised in in writing is very awkward because it's just the word improved. Yeah. And when I was reading this, I just in my head thought, oh, this guy doesn't know how to spell the word improvised. Uh, but then I was like, oh no, you were saying improv. Dude, um, did you see the picture of these guys? I did, yeah. How many fucking dudes do you know that look exactly like that, that play in shitty bands and shitty basements? A whole fucking lot. A whole fucking lot, right? Yep. Yep, we got some uh, bad facial hair. Um, I mean, yeah, it's clearly a joke band, right? We are Piss Demon, an improv grindcore band. Um, okay. You know what? Let's just, let's, just, let's just jump into it, right? All right, let's go with Piss Reaper. Yeah, so we're going to listen to Piss Reaper by... <laughs> Hold by, on. What? They spelled him wrong in track 16. Okay. Oh, yeah, they did indeed. Him with two M's instead of H-Y-M-N. You, you need to improv your spelling. Come on. <laughs> All right, so we'll listen to the first track. So we're going to listen to the song Piss Reaper by the band Piss Demon off of their record Crimes Against Piss. I've done a lot of bad things. But none of them... Was there any other reason but to defend this? And you know what? As I said here and think, you know what? Those weren't bad things. Because those people who were part of this deserve to die.
right, so we just heard the song Piss Reaper by the band Piss Demon off of their record, which I'm going to put heavy quotes around after hearing that, Crimes Against Piss. And uh, frankly, guys, um, if you are older than high school age, this sort of shit is no longer acceptable. Uh, It's no longer endearing. It's no longer appropriate for this to be anything except for an inside joke amongst you and your friends. If you want to get together and do this for fun, that's totally fine. But to impose it on the world by submitting it to a podcast with even a moderate listenership um, and passing it off as actual music in any way, shape, or form is offensive. And uh, I'm not really certain that you can grasp the you can grasp the gravitas of the crime you've committed against everybody's mortality here because we only have so much time on this earth and you've just taken two minutes of it away from us with piss reaper um i don't know man i i I appreciate i appreciate getting together with your homies and having a laugh but uh something really I, i i i'm not actually mad about this right but it does irk me when this sort of shit somehow for some reason manages to escape the confines of anyone's basement. Like I guess just the hubris of thinking that any other living human being outside the three of you would find this funny or entertaining on any level um, is, is offends my sensibilities. Nate, how'd you feel about it? Oh, well they charge a dollar for the digital album. Uh uh, I can guarantee you that they have not made one red cent off of this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I actually and I know for a fact they haven't because there's no people in the supported by right. um, box, right? right. <laughs> um here's the thing. Uh-huh. At its best, grindcore is one of the best genres in yes. the punk and metal umbrella. Totally. At its best. It's yes. it's one of the most solid fucking genres. Um yeah. at its worst, this is what it is. Right. Right. Um, yes. and we, we bring it up time and time again, but I can't tell you how many fucking low effort, low brow fucking grind acts I had to fucking suffer running a fucking house for 14 years. Yeah. Um, especially, especially around like, uh, starting around like 2012, 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, it was disheartening to see how little effort and how little care was given into any aspect of it. Right. Totally. Um, and I hated every fucking second of it. I hated almost every goddamn band that did it. Um, there are a few exceptions because they actually put some effort into it, but on their, on their dusty coat trail, coattails rode a whole bunch of fucking dung that just came in right behind them. Um, lo- real, real fucking low effort shit that is barely, barely, um, anything more than what we just heard. Barely, right? Right, for sure. Yeah. Um, which is uh, a, a fucking shame because you know if you consider yourself, and I get it, this is a joke or whatever, so that's fine. I mean, have fun, right? Um, obviously this shit sucks, uh, and you guys know it. Um, but like. You know, to consider yourself "quote unquote" grindcore, yeah, I don't, I don't know how anybody could like just because they throw a blast beat into something and they play a fucking distorted bass or whatever, they can put consider themselves to be under the same descriptor as something like, you know, terrorizer or insect warfare 
or, you know, take your fucking pick, right? Like some of the most aggressive fucking punk and metal of the past 30 years, Mm -hmm. almost 40 years is fucking grindcore, right? Yeah, man. Um, And it's like, it's like when it's at its best, it's really fucking hard to beat. But when it's at its worst, it's, it's not even worth a fucking breath of your time. For sure. And, and I think what you just said hinted at what, what really raises my fucking hackles about this, this band, again, heavy quotations that we just heard. It's not, you know, I'm not really mad at you guys specifically. I guess it's just that I'm deeply disappointed that of all the genres that this could have happened to grind became the poo poo pee pee joke genre. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like it it sucks that this became the fucking dread mullet car bar we're going to do a joke band so we can hang out and drink with our friends genre because yeah, dude, like listen to extreme noise terror. You know what I'm saying? Listen to fucking from enslavement to obliteration and tell me that's not some of the most ferocious, challenging, transgressive music created in the last fucking half a decade. And for that to be reduced to inside jokes amongst friends and shit and i'm not trying to be high and mighty and i'm not trying to imply that this shit should be taken quote unquote seriously but for the love of god like to take something that when it started even if in its infancy you know proto grind like siege and stuff it's so fucking combative and in your face and unrelenting and more importantly than all very good and reduce it to poo poo pee pee. We're the joke genre now. It just seems like a fucking shame. You yeah. Know? And and the best genre for poo 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 pee pee songs is like country blues rock. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yes. yo yo, you guys are um, obviously wasting your time and everybody else's time. That's fine. You knew that's what what you were gonna get. Um, I ain't going to fucking crack wise and like laugh at you and all that. Cause that's what you want, but that's not what you're going to fucking get. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, instead I urge you to check out the yellow river boys. Yes. And, um, see what happens when you really put a whole lot of effort into writing joke songs about piss. You make one of the best goddamn records of 2013. <laughs> no shit, man. I fucking legitimately love that record. And that's, right. that's the other thing too, man. You know what? If you're going to do a joke band, make it a good joke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing funny about low effort jokes about piss. The joke is in when you make it a very high effort fucking joke about piss. Exactly. The production quality and the fucking like instrumentation and the fucking songwriting chops on the Yellow River Boys record are legit, which is why the record is so fucking funny. Yeah, they they, they have a fucking choir at the end of the song singing about drinking piss, a church choir. (laughs) Right. At the end of the fucking record, right? Yeah. So, like, that's cool. You know what? If I'm going to listen to a shitty grind band, grind or death metal fucking album about piss, I'll I'll listen to um, fucking piss junkies, right? Right. I'll listen to Piss Junkies, but I can't remember who the fuck did it. It's it's like it's like um uh, oh fuck. Um eh, it, it it slipped my mind right now. It's it, it's up there, it's upstairs somewhere. But I haven't listened to it in 20 years. So that just tells you how much I want to hear shitty death metal about fucking piss. Right. Right? But I've right. listened to that I listened to that Yellow Rivers record, Yellow River Boys record 
on the fucking reg because it is legit one of the best fucking records that came out in 2013. If you were at a fucking barbecue, if you were at <clears throat> any fucking barbecue full of fucking flag-waving, chest-thumping, rib-eating, red-blooded Americans, and you had the Yellow River Boys play, everybody would think it's the best fucking thing they ever heard. It totally would fit. And then they'd start paying attention to the lyrics. They'd be like, wait, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's right? the beauty of that record, yes. Yep. So, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, fuck off. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to give that any more time or attention or energy. Um, let's roll the dice. All right. Two. Okay, two is the fight. The band camp is, well, it's on Triple B's band camp, so it's bbbrecords.bandcamp.com. It came out in March 18th. I'm sure the band probably has a band camp as well. The release is Endless Noise. It is an eight-song release. Um, I don't think that Grant suggested a specific song, so I guess we can just maybe start right at the beginning. It is the int- it is the title track. Um, you know, it might it might be an intro track. If so, we'll listen to the second song too. It is a li- it does appear to be a little bit shorter than uh, most of the other songs on here. So I'll I'll um, I'll, st- I'll steal myself for an intro track. I- I'm thinking that's what it is. There's probably going to be a good bit of intro, and then it's going to go right into the second song. Yeah, so maybe let's just play. I mean, it's only three fucking minutes of music, so let's we'll just see. listen to. We'll we'll, we'll just yeah, we'll see how see how it pans out. So we're gonna listen to at least endless pain and maybe uh, their new aesthetic by the fight off of their LP Endless Noise. For many of us living here on Long Island, life can often seem like a constant struggle just to survive. We try to make it through an uncertain, sometimes hostile world. It was a deadly rush hour on board Long Island Railroad train. A lone gunman opened fire. The Korean shot down on the
Okay, so we just heard the songs Endless Pain and Their New Aesthetic by The Fight off of their release Endless Noise on Triple B Records. Nate, how'd you feel about that? That was dope. It was indeed. That's a really good example um, to like contrast with uh, that Tuono band because mm-hmm. they're kind of pulling from some of the same stuff. Some of, yeah. Um, albeit Endless Noise is definitely a bit more aggro and like stompy, right. um, but like the faster parts of that. Um, the production was a step ahead. Um, and then just the different take on that style of punk. I mean, you know, it's not the same, it's not technically not the same style of hardcore, but it's real fucking close when that band sped up and it just sounded a lot more aggressive and just stood out. Right. Yeah. Um, The songwriting was a little better. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. That was dope. Um, Another, it's it's another winner from Triple B. You know, I'm I'm looking at the site here for uh, Triple B and their band camp, right? It says too hardcore for smartphone punks, too punk for clap mosh losers. It should also say uh, good records for cool people, shitty merch for idiots. <laughs> yeah, Triple B has a as a we've said it before, but like they are pretty much a a safe catch-all for the best of any particular sub hardcore subgenre niche that you could want to hear in 2020 they've probably got at least one release that occupies that lane and it's usually one of the standouts from that i mean you got everything from like one step closer which is arguably the best melodic hardcore out now from big cheese which is fucking phenomenal uk mm-hmm. hardcore um to what we just heard the fight which was fucking awesome mind force mind force Pr- never ending game yep primitive blast fucking awesome australian shit i mean yeah again or eco strike if you like if you like strife worship uh the new eco strike record is definitely for you it's corny but it's order. fun Right, yeah, that restraining order I mean, record, one of my favorite last year. So I mean, Triple B is doing it right. There's basically not a bad record on on the fucking Triple B Triple B la- a label, right? But if you want to look like a fucking meme wearing hardcore streetwear, just order their shitty merch. <laughs> See, I don't mind their merch at all. <laughs> You just you have something against that fucking against that logo. You 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 call it the Bed Bath and Beyond logo. I, it's not only the logo; it's just all of it. I mean, it, none of it just none of it fucking grabs me. I mean, I'm not talking about the band shirts, right? Because like right. the Eco Strike shirt is fine. I, I don't really give a shit about Eco Strike. I mean, it's okay. Um, I uh, you know the the, the prefix Eco followed up with the suffix strike just that 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 kind of like Ooh, okay i get it yeah it's it's very competent but it's it's corny music for yeah sure. it's corny um but like yeah man i mean in the mind force shirt is just the album are same with the big cheese but dude their fucking merch is fucking that shit is just for fucking bozos dude seriously <laughs> you're just gonna look like a fucking you might you you look just like a generic streetwear meme in their gear. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they certainly they certainly take some cues from from streetwear. So, like, if that's not if that's not your vibe, then uh, this probably wouldn't be for you. I agree. I mean, God, if you if I honestly feel bad for people that own mostly streetwear because uh-huh. you are so ill equipped for virtually anything that the fucking planet can throw to you, except walking on asphalt when it's not <laughs> raining and it's like nice outside. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's certainly not uh, the most utile form of clothing. It reminds me of when we were on, on tour in Buffalo, and it was like snowing like a motherfucker and cold as a witch's tit. And I got my boots on. I got my, my, my coat on. I'm dressed appropriately for the weather. Uh, um, but who, who was it that was with us? Was um, it Jonesy? Yeah, Jonesy was with us on that you tour. You and Jonesy are wearing basically fucking like slip on vans and windbreakers and like skinny jeans. And you're like, Oh, it's so cold. I'm like, that's cause you dress like fucking children. <laughs> you dress like fucking children when clearly the conditions demand a more mature approach. <laughs> well, to be fair, we were practically children at that part. Yeah. At that but point. Still, uh, yeah, I recall that. I think I had, yeah, I think I had like a hoodie and like a denim vest or something. Yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Another, another winner from Triple B though. That's that, that, that shit is definitely dope. Um, it's not out on like a physical format, is it? Um, I don't see the link to it. Uh, you would think that if it were out on a physical format, yeah. the link might be, but it also might've just sold out and they might've That's taken true. the link down for That's that true. reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so that stuff was really, really solid. I don't think you're incorrect in saying, you know, there's obviously some underlying DB influence there, but I think it's channeled through the same lens that a lot of those bands that are in like are or were in that uh, new wave of British hardcore were channeling sure. those influences, you know, because sure. to me, to me, this definitely felt similar to the flex or violent reaction or something like that. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. And, and I guess that, but that was my point, right. Is like, right. You know, you can really get fucking lost in just the sea of bands that play basically just straightforward, you know, like D beat or straightforward, like mid tempo or upper mid tempo, like, you know, one, two punk. Right. Um, but if you put a little extra something in there, you know, you stand out and, and, and like that was, that was the best thing we heard tonight. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it also reminds me definitely of the uh, the earlier Freedom stuff, which when that came out blew me away. I fucking loved that band. Um, even the last the last seven inch they did was was rad. They went for a more early Madball approach, and I thought they pulled it off really well. But especially that early Freedom stuff was very much in this lane too. Um, yeah, it's 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 it features a lot of uh, sort of timeless classic influences from the the a, a wide a wide array of hardcore and punk movements historically. Um, but it channels them through this specific kind of incredibly burly modern lens, um, that just lends itself to, uh, to, to supreme moshability. You know what I'm saying? You see a band like this and it's like, you want to go off for them. They're fucking fun. Absolutely. Um, it's mean, it's uh, it's catchy, but yeah, there are a lot of touchstones and hallmarks of various punk and hardcore genres that are familiar, so you, it gives your your ear something familiar to fucking uh, latch onto at the same time. It's just, uh, it's an approach that for me is very much evergreen, and certainly this represents, I already said, you know, the Triple B catalog is incredibly eclectic, um, but this represents at least, this, this style, this take on hardcore represents at least a sizable chunk of what Triple B has been doing over the last decade plus, and uh, they always seem to collect the best bands doing this style of stuff, and I, I don't think this is any exception. This was this is really good. Yeah, and, and this is the sort of band, too, that, like, if you, if, if you play a fucking show with this band, you're stoked if they, if like, yo, let's fucking trade some shows and you make a connection with a band that sounds like this. For sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is the band you're, you're hyped to become homies with because you want to play with this band, you want to see this band. Right. 
Uh, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a dummy for sleeping on the fight. It's been out since March. Um, I've seen people talking about it for whatever reason. I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't spin it. I'm a busy man. Um, but, uh, thanks, thanks to Grant for sending that in cause that fucking rules. I'm definitely going to listen to the rest of that. And, uh, it, like I said, it may be, may be sold out, but if not, I would definitely like to pick up a copy of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we have gotten through five bands. We're mm-hmm. about an hour and 15 minutes in. Let's do one more. We, yeah, let's do one more because we got a handful of uh, we got a handful of messages to get through too. Right, right. All right, yeah. Let's roll the dice one last time. One. Okay, one is uh, is the band that I mentioned at the top of the episode that is not out on Bandcamp to my knowledge. It is the band Wide Man from Denver, Colorado. So Nate, I will I will forward you the uh, the email that contains this track. And uh, let's see what what the fuck is this song even called? Let me uh, give me a second to look it up here. Um, yeah. Okay. So Walter from this band submitted it. Wide man from Denver, Colorado song is called can't stop some information. Uh, it's a track from a demo we're putting out through bad mouth records out of Minneapolis, Minnesota on seven inch and cassettes. I'm not sure when that's coming out or anything of that nature, but there we go. That's, that's the basic vibe. So we're going to listen to can't stop by wide man from Denver, Colorado. Okay, we just heard the song Can't Stop by the band Wide Man from Denver, Colorado off of their upcoming demo. Uh, Nate, what'd you think about that? Uh, I like that pretty much. <laughs> okay, um, all right. I mean, um, it definitely, it uh, it took me back to, I mean, 
it sounds like it sounds like it was fucking recorded in like 1990. Right. You know what I mean? It sounds it yeah. sounds it sounds like um you know, youth crew shifting into metallic hardcore with these, you know, emotive sort of emotional vocal delivery. Um it definitely was pulling out of like 19 maybe 87 to like 93 or 4. Right. Um that's what it sounded like to me. Um sure. I'm looking at pictures of the guys now. Mm-hmm. Um and that seems about right maybe. Um so yeah, I mean, I like that just fine. Um but in general, I've said it before, I don't generally like newer versions of music like that. Right. So, I mean, yeah, that was pretty good. Musically that was fine. Everything about it was pretty good. It reminded me of a very specific era of hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, especially like East Coast. Um right. and uh yeah, that was pretty good. But um it's not like I give that much of a shit about it. Sure, fair enough. Um, you know, I've I've said before too. I feel largely the same about this style of music. Modern iterations of this style of music. It takes a lot to catch my ear and and actually uh, get me to perk up and pay attention. But this track did it for me. Uh, I really really liked that a lot. Actually, I was I was getting down to that track. I thought the riff was really catchy. Wasn't reinventing the wheel, but yeah, definitely landed in a sweet spot where that it was like, because this wasn't, this wasn't 97 youth crew revival shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a portent of that. Maybe, you know what I'm, you, you could, you could hear, you could hear some floor punch in this for sure if you wanted to, but I think you nailed it when you said this is the transitional period from that New York youth crew stuff into the more metallic style of shit. This is, this is the bridge between judge and strife and trial for sure. This is what you wished Ray and Porcel had written instead of (laughs) the Ray and Porcel seven inch. Indeed. Yes. Right. For sure. Um, yeah, I thought this was a, an, an especially competent rendition of that particular style of music. Um, I thought this was really good. I, I'm looking, it looks like you do have a, a band camp and uh, you've done some stuff previously. It looks like you have a release from uh, 2019. Um, it looks like you have one track from, yeah, a couple tracks from 2019, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is reflective of that. You said this is a demo that's coming out on a label, so I assumed it was maybe your first first release. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Those other um, releases haven't aged out. At least the theft protection hasn't. Yeah, neither right. one of those releases have aged out of the uh, program. So yeah. um, this must be like maybe some newer shit that they're just a bit more hype on. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. You should always be hyper on your newer shit. You should, otherwise you're doing it wrong. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought that was really good. Like I said, that was uh that was definitely one of the best iterations of that particular subsect of hardcore that I've heard in a while. And uh from looking at the picture of y'all, you seem like some some younger fellas, probably in your early twenties. Um yeah, I I got I got no complaints about that at all, especially if that's like if that's the first thing that you're putting out via a label. Um that's a that's a that's a that's a strong entry point. I feel mm-hmm. like kids are going to be hype on that, especially with with magnitude being as hype as they are right now, with Eco Strike being as hype as they are right now, with that particular era of like early to mid '90s metallic straight edge hardcore stuff having a moment. I can see this being hype. I can see young kids being into this. And like we've said about some other shit that we've heard on this episode, 
this is a genre that plays well live, especially if you got a bunch of kids that are hype on this. This is music that lends itself to sing-alongs and pile-ons, which for a young person especially is an incredibly attractive feature of hardcore in its live setting. Um, I, I can see this. I can see this going off for yeah, sure. I, yeah, I would, I, I'll, I'll keep my eye on this band for sure. And it's like this stuff is is sort of ephemeral when it comes around for that particular era. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this might sound exactly like some shit that came out in 1990, but it speaks more to the kids of today because the shit that's in 1990, no one, no one gives a shit about what those idiots were singing about, you know, fucking 30 years ago. For sure. Um, you know? So, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of like this ephemeral thing that's updated with, uh, topics and, and, and content that are for, uh, younger folks of the era that still give a shit about anything before, uh, they stop giving a shit about everything. For sure. And, and that kind of, you know, that that's interesting you bring that up because it kind of plays into, I, I did that podcast a while, back, a while back where I talked about sort of just like an, an introductory course to punk and hardcore for people who might be interested in it, but don't know exactly where to jump in. And I was asked, you know, is it important to go back and start with the classics? Is chronology an important part of hardcore? And my answer was no, not really. Uh, it, it is important to, to understand those reference points and to go back around to them eventually. But in my opinion, the best moment to jump in is always the present moment. Because like, say what you will, I mean, yeah, of course, my favorite bands are all from fucking 1982, right? Like that, it is what it is. But the simple fact of the matter is, if I had heard Negative Approach before I ever went to a live show there's still that barrier there's still that barrier of time and and cultural understanding and context between what they were doing in 82 and where i was at as a kid in 2002 yeah um you need the interactivity of the present moment you need the relevancy of the present moment and you need to see people your own age making this shit because part of the attractiveness of the genre as a whole is that there is a very low barrier to entry in the sense that you can do this if you want to, your peers are making this music. And if in, in its best iterations, it's also lyrically uh, timely and say what you will about hardcore in terms of its, you know, problems within the, within the po- political issues within the broader context of the scene and the community. Typically speaking, hardcore and punk music has still been a couple steps ahead of the mainstream in terms of progressive issues, pretty much from jump. Mm. So like if you're looking for a place where kids are also talking about shit that aligns with your worldview, whatever, the present moment is a good fucking place to jump in. So again, as I kind of as I kind of touched on with that band The Path, this is a this is a more uh fully realized version of that in the sense that I think this is also really good entry level sort of like gateway drug hardcore music in that it's like vital energetic and very much of the moment while at the same time capturing the essence of hardcore that has existed over the course of the past you know 40 years at this point yeah i mean yeah that's just that you get in where you get in right and it, it makes more sense to get in um with your age cohort um, right, and then discover, dis- learn your history, and discover it. And before you know it, your favorite bands are from fucking nineteen eighty two as well. Right, um, but yeah, you get in where you get in, right? 
for sure for sure and and i think music like this is just a, a really fucking vital entry point for a lot of young people because it it it, it contains that level of uh, energy and urgency that uh is attractive to a young person just getting into the genre so yeah i thought this was uh, pretty masterfully executed and i was really pleasantly surprised by it so on that note, let's uh, let's maybe do some messages because we, we, we didn't get around to them last week because we had some te- technical difficulties and I was concerned that we were going to lose the entire episode. We didn't end up losing the episode, but uh, we have some unanswered voicemails and I think we've gotten a few new ones in the, in the interim as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, let's, let's, let's tackle our messages real quick. So do you guys think the evolution in hip-hop resembles like youth crew in the same way that like dead prez is like a youth crew version of wu-tang you want to beat my ass for that that's fine i'm just saying just think about it okay let's talk fuck all of you who the fuck is that that's from indy yeah, that was uh, that was Tim Neff. That's okay. uh, res- resident drunk dialer Tim Neff. Okay, he didn't sound uh, that drunk. I mean, no, no, he didn't. Sometimes like, you can barely understand him. Right. Yeah. So he might he he might have called in sober that time. Yeah. Um, so the question being, do do we think that the evolution of hip hop resembles like Youth Crew in the same way that Dead Prez is like a Youth Crew version of Wu Tang? Um, I, I mean, I would say drawing any sort of direct analogs between the evolution of of punk and hip-hop is probably tough to do because even though they share some aesthetic similarities they share some ideological similarities uh the evolution itself is a very different trajectory and culturally is incredibly disparate so like you know, hardcore is largely a suburban movement, whereas mm-hmm. hip hop is largely an urban movement, and they come from two incredibly disparate like social groups. I mean, the experience of like inner city black kids in the fucking seventies is way different than suburban white kids in the seventies. So even if they came to similar philosophical conclusions, and hip hop and hardcore are kindred spirits due to that any sort of evolution and innovation within the confines of the genre specifically, I think are, are hyper specific to that particular niche. Um, but I, uh, so that said, I, you, it's an interesting comparison in the sense that like, you know, is, is conscious rap like dead Prez and hyper political rap, um, you know, is there, is there a similar evolutionary trajectory? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, sort of like hardcore too like from jump hip-hop was kind of inherently political right so yes i was going to say that like even if it's not overtly political like dead prez there's plenty of fucking politics in wu-tang right and and like politics politics is part of the genetics of 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 hip-hop that's not necessarily the case with punk Sure. Um, there ain't a ton of politics in, you know, fucking Stooges and fucking and, and, and the Ramones and shit like that. Right. And, and you know, you don't really start to see a lot of politics until, you know, basically after punk's been around for, you know, the better part of a decade. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you, you do kind of, but like not in the same pronounced sense, not in the same direct sort of like, hey, we are saying something definitive. Right. Because even in the first wave of hip hop stuff, I mean, you had a track like The Message. Right. The Message is as overtly political, like sociopolitical commentary as you can get in a fucking song, right? Um, the song is literally called The Message. And then you even have like precursors to hip hop, like The Last Poets, which were essentially fucking political activists doing like what I said was essentially just a, a precursor to hip hop, spoken word sort of, um, you know, proto slam poetry shit over music. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the trajectories are, are just very different. And and as we already mentioned, hip hop is far more inherently political um, than punk and hardcore. If anything, I think that now, 40 plus years into hip hop, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you count, you know, the precursors to hip hop. Um, yeah, I mean, we're easily 40 years in, you know, close to 50 years in. Yeah. Um, it's gotten, it, it, there's, there's more room to be less political. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's gotten more diffuse. The message, the, the, the DNA has sort of been, um, um, I don't want to use the word watered down cause that carries a certain connotation with it, but the DNA has been diffused enough that, um, and, and hip hop is so ubiquitous that there's loads of shit out there that, you know, basically isn't political. But if you go back 20 years, you right. know, it's hard to find a fucking rap like rap records that don't have at least some political aspect to them. For sure, man. I mean, dude, I, like I was even listening to to earlier um, MF Doom shit. You know, even that there's a ton of political messaging in that, and and a lot of that shit is kind of word salad, um, stream of conscious consciousness Dadaist esque shit. But there's still even p political messaging in that. And then obviously, if you trace Doom back to Zev Love X when he was in KMD. Their unreleased second record, Black Bastards, which I've been spinning all week, um, is is so political that the label wouldn't even fucking put it out, right? Right. So right. yeah, there was definitely a moment in hip hop where even the mainstream shit, it was it was uh, you didn't have to dig too far to find find some political messaging in it. No, and it comes from. I mean, what the fuck do I know? I'm white, but I have to imagine. Um, the black experience in America is inherently more political just based on your fucking skin color. Right. I would, I would imagine. Yeah. It's just below the surface. Whereas I can largely fucking ignore it. Right. Right. For um, sure. it doesn't affect me one way or another. Usually not, not in a way that I notice. Right. Um, right. So I, you know, even if it's not, even, I, even somebody, you know, a, a black person rapping about their experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a fucking bar, it's inherently political. For sure. Right? Much yep. more so, you know, like like no one wants to hear a fucking white guy talk about, you know, how their day went. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, 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 yeah. you know, what the old lady said to me is I fucking, you know, opened the door for her at a grocery store or some shit like that. Like that act in itself has a greater chance of being a political act, I would imagine, for any person of color than it does for a fucking white person. There's there's a higher chance of political interaction. there, Right. For sure. So you for know, sure. it's just inherently more political. Right. So I think for the, for those reasons, uh, that was a very long winded way of saying that. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that the, those analogs are anything except for maybe um, surface level curiosities. But upon any applying any degree of scrutiny to them, I think the analogs sort of fall apart.
Um, all right, listen, let's, we got three messages in a row from the same fucking person who I'm pretty sure is John Espino, um, who does this a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so let's, let's tackle the, let's tackle the first one. It's two and a half minutes long. All right. No, yeah. So I was like listening to, um, I tried to listen to like Marauder again. Like I know I'm just like being serious. I listened to it the other day. Like, what is it? Um. Master Killer? Yeah, I, I tried to listen to Master Killer. Yeah, like, honestly, I tried to. Like, I legitimately was like, you know what? Let me see why everyone's like, oh, Master Killer. Let me suck off fucking Master Killer. Let me suck. It's fucking bullshit. Like, it's some, like, bullshit. It's like some Lamore's 1992 bullshit. Like, I ain't, I ain't trying to be on that fuck shit. See, Marauder, did you get followed by that account on Instagram that's randomly posting about bullshit, about stuff allegedly according to some random accounts that Jorge Rosado is a fucking racist? I, I don't even understand what to do. That's scary. Like, that dude is legitimately... Like, seeing videos of him from, like, This Is Hardcore to fucking, like, Braids and shit, I'm like, that dude looks fucking scary. He looks like he don't give a fuck. Like, I ain't gonna try to roll up on homie and try to tell him some shit, because... What, 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 what am I gonna do? Try to, like, con- confront him and be like, you are just a piece of shit. No, he's gonna beat my fucking ass. Like, fuck that. I'm not gonna roll up and take it. Plus, I ain't trying to put some shit on the internet that DMS will see. Because those fools pull up and will do a jack, jack choke to Kelly on your fucking ass. Sit you down and make you have an apology video. Fuck that. I'm not trying to be held up by a gun. Uh, I'm trying to ask Jorge why he did not uh, end up being in Sabitura. Yeah, I think I legitimately think about that all the time because that would have been fucking tight. Like, See, you even admit it would have yeah, been, been a perfect fit. Because they would have, what if they, what if they went near Carcourt? You think they would have gone? They would not have gone like down the, the I mean, route they go to on past the the um, Max era. Well, here's this: Jorge started El Nino too. That's the band so bad. But at the same time, he left right before it became new metal. So because he was like, "No, nah, fuck with that fuck shit." But he didn't say that word. He said something else, a word that only Gray is allowed to say. Yeah, yeah, only Gray can say it, and only Gray can uh, the save the world with uh, the N-word. N-word. Like, I feel like all the world's problems are going to end when he says the N-word on, on live. It's like when uh, Dr. Manhattan told um, Rorschach, um, lick my balls. <laughs> He's like, Steve Jobs died of lick my... Who's Steve Jobs licking the balls? <laughs> That's just wild as fuck, man. All right. Are you done listening to that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm honest. I thought for a second there that maybe that was a butt dial or something. No, no, that's that's just that's just autism at work, baby. Um, that's so that's two two best friends. They both live in San Antonio. Uh, John, John and Alex have both sent a fair amount of the San Antonio area area stuff that we've heard. Mm-hmm. They're responsible for sending a lot of it in. I'll go on IG Live, Instagram Live semi-regularly, and they are both fixtures in there. I'll let them hop hop on the IG Live every once in a while and do some split-screen stuff with them. Um, I know Alex, a.k.a. Stout, for those in the Discord, is the reigning champ of the Discord right now. Um, this sort of just rambling stream-of-consciousness shit is like simultaneously makes for terrible radio, but I also kind of like it. And we're also getting to the point now, too, where, like, we almost are starting to have our own whack pack. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I see Larry calls, and we have a call from Larry Gargas here in a little bit, too. We got Larry Gargas. We have John, who who 
he not only does he call in with like the rambling shit where he and Stout are doing this tag team tandem thing, which I liked, but like John is the one who always calls in with the Nova Scotia character. Yeah. So we have him, and then the other day, I I or like yes, maybe yesterday, it was pointed out to me that and anytime I rep reference uh anthony who sends a lot of stuff that we really like and he plays in the band gel i always use the full title anthony from gel yeah and uh somebody was like man you need to give anthony like his own segment to curate music on the show and then somebody was like i think that's just what the podcast is now because all of the shit that they really like is sent in by anthony so yeah we're starting to have our own whack pack and and john is a core love him or hate him (laughs) he's become a core figure and we have two more messages from him Uh, so i'm in i i was into the uh i I was into that message there was some uh i wouldn't say maybe poignant but definitely some uh some funny comments in there yeah there were uh so the it started out talking about marauder and uh how john does not understand marauder john's a few years younger than me maybe five five years younger than me i want to say young enough that there's like uh, some somewhat of a difference in in our um reference points and the way that we grew up because at this point with the evolution of technology and social media five six years actually creates a generation gap believe it or not um but he he has like a fair degree of disdain for a lot of the same sort of like tough guy New York hardcore shit from the '90s that you do, Nate. How could um, you not? Stuff that I have a, a, a soft spot for because I fucking love Master Killer by Marauder. Um, that's one of my favorite records of that era for sure. Um, I I do vaguely remember hearing about in the last few weeks some allegations that came out against Jorge from uh, from Marauder, but I can't speak to the veracity of any of those claims. Um, <clears throat> I think the speculation on what if Jorge had joined Sepultura, would they have gone New York hardcore, is an interesting <laughs> an interesting thought experience or experiment certainly. Um, and then yes, off, 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 also the, uh, the association often forgotten with, uh, between Il Nino, um, and Jorge from Marauder, um, Il Nino, the uh, notorious Latin infused, uh, new metal band. I had free backstage passes once through a friend to see El, Il Nino and Seven Dust when I was like 14. And I said, absolutely not. Yo, people would still go apeshit over that fucking lineup in Fort Wayne today. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you put that up at Pierre's or whatever oh, it is God. now, and yeah, packed house, baby. Yeah. Um, there'd be there'd be loads of like forty uh, year olds wearing uh, thin blue line shirts, and <laughs> generally, generally, generally showing like a. It would be an exercise in in cognitive dissonance, right? In the crowd. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was also a reference for anybody on here that does semi-regularly attend my Instagram live sessions and that there is a running joke that all of my black and brown homies who, who get in on the Instagram live sessions, which more often than not is, is the vast majority of who's interacting with me on there, uh, will start spamming me in the comments demanding that I say the N word over and over again. Um, and there's now a running joke that if I say it, we will all awaken from uh, a matrix like slumber into the real world and that I will liberate the human race by saying it because the, uh, the machines will, will not have expected me to be so bold as to break the simulation. Like no, that. we'll all wake up and emerge from our pods. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So all of my fucking black, black and uh, Hispanic homies just spam gray say the N word on my Instagram lives, uh, 
but uh, I have yet to do it. I don't think that moment is coming anytime soon. So for now, we are still relegated to our pink goo pods. Yeah. So uh, we got a couple you wanna, more. You yeah, we got a couple more. We got a couple more from John. Let's see if let's see what what else John and Stout have to say today. All right. Okay there, bud. This is good pal. You're on the call again to let you know, uh, you know, I miss y'all. I've been thinking about y'all a lot. You know, up here in Nova Scotia, we've been kind of bored. It's kind of hot as balls for some reason, even though it's usually a good uh, 55 negative degrees, you know, good shit like that. But I just want to tell you, like, as always, uh, Nova Scotia hardcore on top. Fuck you. But um, what else is going on? Y'all doing good? How How was the trip? I just want to know about that. Maybe, uh, been missing cuddling my homies a lot, you know. We've been uh, social distancing up here because you Americans can't uh, keep the shit together. But I'm not going to bring that on y'all. I'm just going to say that. But I just want to call you and let you know that. Love you, bud. All right. So that was that was John's aforementioned Yannick, his his Nova Scotian hardcore character. Yeah. Um, my trip my trip to Tacoma was good. Uh, I stayed away from people. I did a lot of hiking. Um, I kind of covered it on the last episode. Um, you know, w- went up in the mountains, saw some rainforest. It, w- it was solid. Um, let's uh, let's see what 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 John's last message is. Okay, I didn't understand a word of that. I think it was QAnon. Yeah, I didn't understand a single word of that either. Um, I think this is uh, this is an example of something that I, I see very often when people try to do like funny calls to us, and that it's marred by the worst possible execution imaginable, and the joke is lost in translation because uh, you, you, whatever voice changer you use is, makes what you're saying totally indiscernible and indistinguishable. This has happened a couple times. Um, and with, it was too uh, quiet if it were a little louder, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So better luck next time, I guess, John. Um, let's see what Larry Gargas has to say, one of my favorite regular callers. Hey, guys, this is Larry, uh, here to give you my unwanted opinion that for really good. Uh enjoyed the episode mentally. It's just, uh, <laughs> this is worse than racist music. I had to play that part for my wife who is <clears throat> quite the normie, but she appreciated the humor, especially after I played her the song in particular. My normie wife fucking hated Jet Jaguar. Uh another comment, uh the uh, first band, Jamie and the Jizz Bottoms, I, I don't remember the name, is Jamie Vane, right? But you guys were uh, talking about, referencing like Stooges um, or New York Dolls, like um, played poorly. I was actually, they reminded me of Crime a little bit, uh, uh, quite quite a bit actually. I went back and listened to a couple of my singles, but, and, and, it just reminded me of crime, but um, nowhere near as good because I, I love crime. Uh, but the problem with that kind of like garage rock punk stuff is that, you know, it's really it's of a time and place and a context. And 
unfortunately what that band was doing to my ears it just doesn't it doesn't work now i mean crime was what 1976 ish somebody might be able to correct me on that but uh yeah i mean it worked then it, it doesn't really work now and um so those are my two thoughts uh, anyway enjoy the show take you guys yeah i mean that sort of stuff definitely is of a certain time um and kind of a place too um right and anybody that's doing it now, you said before, it's cosplay, right? Yeah. Anybody that's doing like scummy fucking like punk rock and roll is just cosplaying um, the New York Dolls, basically. Right. Um, but that being said, it can be done well or it can be done not well. So. Sure. And I, and I think that that kind of music can work in a contemporary setting. But again, it's like anything that's just, I mean, everything is kind of played out in 2020 for sure. Um, so it's all, it all just has to be a cut above. I think that there are examples of that style of music executed today that work really well, but it's the bands that are doing it uh, incredibly masterfully. And obviously uh, Jamie Vane and the whatevers uh, were not one of those bands, but I think the, the crime comparison is apt. Yes. It was like uh, an incredibly amateurish and unlistenable version of crime. Uh, my homie Bethany, who I hung out with when I was out in Tacoma was, uh, was rocking a crime shirt that was very, very fresh. And I was very jealous of, so that, that band actually popped into my own head a couple weeks ago. Um, it's uh, weird that I didn't think to make that comparison when that band popped up on the podcast. But yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, probably a, a pretty, a pretty accurate comparison for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I said, that I think that music, it, it, it can, it can still be cool in 2020, but you just gotta try, you gotta try really hard. You gotta really fucking dial it in. Um, let's, uh, all right. We, I think we got, uh, we got two, two more messages that we're going to listen to today. So let's, let's tackle them real quick. All right, yeah. Okay. So I that that I assume that was Fresh Ben because Fresh Ben uh sent me a video of him having sequenced uh, your laugh track to his uh, his MIDI sequencer and pitch shifting it. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to assume that's Fresh Ben. I would love to see somebody do like a, a noise set that was, that's the cornerstone of it. Like that's the centerpiece. That's literally what I was just thinking. I love the way that escalated and went out. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it just got fucking noisier and uh, less recognizable toward the end. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Whatever I, I I the uh I saw a couple of edits, like one was uh uh some guy in like a fucking um talk show laughing. Um, yeah, the original version of that video is really fucking good. And then uh, I saw one with the Joker. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Joker one. The Joker one was, was was done pretty well, especially when he's sitting on the bus. Yeah, you know, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll, I'll I, later. 
I, I th- <laughs> indeed. Um, I, I think it was uh, Eric from Wet Specimens and Mystery Girl um, said that he he might use the laugh as an uh, as a, an intro to the uh, next Wet Specimens release. There you go. So that would make that would make two dope. If that happens, that would make two dope bands that have used uh, Demolition sound bites as uh, intro tracks because um, uh, Moist Boy did the did the same thing on their last tape. That's right. So we're really getting out there. Yeah, we're both memes now. We are both memes. I, I've been memed many more times than you. This is your first venture into meme category, but oh, I've been memed over and over again. It's because uh, you know I uh, subsist. Um, parallel to, but rarely overlapping with uh, online interactions and culture. That is true. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's listen to our our last message for the day. All right. Hello, demo listen. It's uh, the resident Canadian troll, G. Michael Thomas, calling. Uh, I don't troll you guys because I like that, but generally uh, not a nice guy to people. But uh, anyways. Um, I'm calling to comment on a couple things from the new episode uh, that I really like. One is something that I could expand upon for a long time, so I will not. But I will just say I would love to chat with you guys about, uh, I don't want to say politics, but I will say culture, because I'm really interested in your, uh, your take on culture and people in politics, and I agree with a lot of it, except for one thing. I don't dislike them. Um, I I think that it's fine that there are crazy things in life in the world. There's there's so much insanity, but like I'm not against it. Uh, but I am with you in acknowledging how fucking uh, gone humanity really is. But again, like I said, I'm more on the other side of things where I'm like, yeah, so what? That's what they're like. People are fucked. Get some. But the other thing that I want to talk about is because Nate said something that I thought for so long, and I'm glad I heard someone else say it. He's really suspect of the phrase, a little different. For me, I fully embrace that suspicion. Um, and my own personal example is from uh, going to weddings when I was in my mid-20s, the thing that drove me the most nuts that made me just want to leave all of the weddings was every single time you had a little convo at passing with the bride or groom or one of their family members, it would always describe their wedding as we just wanted to do something a little different. And then the way that would manifest would be like they would have a piece of wood with a fake flower nailed into it as a centerpiece, or they would give everybody a monogrammed pen. Uh, so, in conclusion, saying things are a little bit different makes you a fucking idiot. And he's not wrong. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not wrong at all. Um, so, yeah, that was that was indeed our, our resident Canadian correspondent, G. Michael Thomas. I like I like up top how you said uh, you don't troll us because you like us, but you're generally not a nice guy to people. Um, I feel that. I, I think that's, I think that's maybe I have to have that conversation with a lot of new people that, that I meet um, specifically potential romantic partners where they say, you're such, oh, you're such a nice guy. And I'll say, well, I'm nice to you. 
Uh, but in general, I, I think the consensus is maybe that I'm not that nice of <laughs> maybe I'm not that nice of a guy. Um, and, and in fact, that myself and my immediate peer group is frequently described as being quite the opposite of that. So I, I feel you on that. Maybe that's why maybe that's why I vibe with you, G. Michael Thomas. Yeah, like I don't mind being nice. Sure. But I'm usually not the first person to be nice. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm polite. I, I, you know what I'm, I'm saying? Polite, but like, unless something's like, unless there's a different, like there's a, there's a, there's a, a parallel or, or an alternative reason for being nice, right? Like professionally, I'm very nice because I have to be right. Right. Sure. Um, um, but you know, like, well, for instance, I wanted a, I wanted a, a long ass bike ride this morning mm-hmm. and, uh, passing people on the fucking trail and passing people on the, on, on the uh, greenway as I go along and uh, I am never the fucking first person to say hi or like initiate eye contact or anything like that. Never. I'm perfectly no. content to fucking ride right by you. Yes. It doesn't even, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. But if no. someone says, you know, hey, good morning. I'm like, yeah, morning. You know what I mean? Like out of sure. politeness, I'll, I'll, I'll return the favor. Right. Um, I'll, you know, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be the first person to, uh, to, uh, be nice. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say this. I am absolutely certain that when people have conversations about me and I am not in the room and they're trying to describe me to somebody that may not know me, they never use the phrase, yeah, he's just a really nice guy. I am positive of that. I am very positive of that. Um, so you, you also brought up the point that you agree with us in our analysis of humanity being deeply fucked and insane, but that you're kind of here for the insanity. So you've, you've really embraced, you've embraced the, the almost, um, hedonistic element of absurdism. You not only accept the absurd nature of human existence, but you welcome it and revel in it, which is a, is a fair and, and valid ideological and philosophical position to occupy. I'm not, I'm not mad at you for that. It's, it's almost Epicurean, right? Indeed. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I embrace the fucking weirdness too. Like that's right. what makes things so interesting. You know, I mean, for sure. It, it, D- diversity and difference, even if it, even if it borders on like you know irritatingly weird, is fine. You know what I mean? I got right. no problem with that whatsoever. I don't always like being in the fucking splash zone, though. Right? Right? Yes. You know what exactly. I mean? and, and like, there's a difference between being like weird. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, dude. Stomping around at a at a fucking park with a megaphone, screaming about you know. Jesus in the seventh seal or something like that. Right. I, I will fucking watch that all day. I'll even talk to that person. Right. For sure. Yes. Um, but crazy fucking like belligerently stupid people enforced like, like, like foisting their stupidity upon me and putting it in my fucking lane. Nope. Mm. Not about that at all. Get the yeah. fuck away from me. Cause you're right. not just, that's not weird. That's just fucking awful. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just fucking awful. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a fine line. Um, it, you know, you can you can be spouting some nonsense, but if you frame it in an interesting and strange enough way to catch my attention, um, I will be far more permissive of that. But if you're just like a, an uninteresting redneck with backwards worldviews, um, you know, my inclination is to 
just shoot you in the head. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's to ignore you. You know, it's it's get the fuck right. away from me. Everything would be better if uh if if everything would be better if that mindset didn't exist. That's right. One bit of a, a weirdness that I could definitely do without. For sure, I, I will definitely point and laugh at rednecks and and and, and the belligerently stupid. Um, mm-hmm. But make no mistake, I am laughing at them, and I do not want to be in the fucking splash zone. Totally, yes, for sure. Um, so I guess on that note, we'll uh, we'll wrap up there for the for the week. We got three messages all from these the same individual who, they from what I can. In. Yeah, and from what I can see of the transcript, it looks like you're trying to do a bit, but you didn't have the foresight to like block your number, <laughs> so that like all the characters that you're doing like are it's very transparent. I know that they're all from the same person, <laughs> so we'll we'll tackle those next week. Um, but in the meantime, if you want to submit music to us, you can email us at demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. We just ask that it is a year or less old so we can keep things current. If you want to call into the show, you can do so at 260-222-8341. With this recurring theme or this recurring cast of characters that we're we're getting, I almost want to do like a live call-in segment, like not not regularly, you know what I'm saying? But just like on occasion. Right. I think that could be, I, I think that could be fun. All right. Um, you know, fielding, fielding questions on air, that type of shit. Um, I'm sure that, uh, with the technology that we have now, we could, we could easily make that happen. I, I think you can even, you can do like a public link for a Zencaster thing. Okay. So like anybody with a mic, you know, we could just put the link out and say, Hey, join the, join the thing, ask a question, we'll field it, whatever, and get you off. So that's, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll put a pin in that. A live call-in show. It, it's kind of like, um, it reminds me of the, uh, Mr. Show bit about the pre-recorded live call-in show. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yes, which is exactly what this would be, yeah. basically. Um, so live live for the people participating, pre-recorded for everybody else. Right. Um, and then lastly, if you want to join the Patreon, it is patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. The most recent episode is the first part in our Rorschach family tree series. We're going to record the second part here pretty soon. And then, as I said, um, well, tonight in my world, but by the time you're here in this, probably it will be yesterday. Um, there will be the first of our upcoming mixtape series that will be available to to anybody who wants to download it. The first one is uh, is from Nate. The next one will be from me. I'm working on it right now. I'll probably have it up next week. Um, so uh, beyond that, five dollars or up gets you access to all the Patreon content that we've put out thus far. We have. Uh, we have a family tree uh, series that we did on Deep Wound. We have some episodes where we check out records that are just from our personal stash. Um, we've, uh, you know, we've covered various different things, and we've we've got some more ideas in the works for uh, interesting content in the future. So if that sounds like something you'd enjoy, check it out. We are we're actually only seventy four bucks away from our five hundred dollar a month goal, which God is damn. fucking sick. Yeah, it's pretty fucking rad. Um, we haven't even been doing this for a year yet, so. Uh, you know, in, in a rare moment of uh, of just genuine gratitude, 
thanks to everybody who uh, who subscribes to the Patreon. That's legitimately really fucking cool. You know, we've we've been able to get better mics because of it. Where the goal is to eventually upgrade equipment yet again, get things sounding a little bit more professional and shit. Um, we've uh, we've spent some of that money on getting some cool shit for some Patreon patron some patrons that we should be sending out here sometime within the next month or two. You know, we got some T-shirts in the work and works and all of that stuff is funded by Patreon um, donors. So legitimately, thank you for doing that. Um, we also actually, we, on, on that note real quick, before we sign out, I think we got a couple new patrons. Uh, we've got Caleb Housel and then Cesar Alejandro Izaguire. I'm not sure about the last, about the pronunciation of your last name. Sorry, homeboy. I am terminally white. Um, but, uh, oh yeah. And then I think some, somebody that we didn't shout out last week, uh, simply Paul, no last name, just Paul. I okay. like it. Um, I don't know if we shouted out Ryan Donahoe, Nick Crawford, and Manny. We may have already shouted them out, but if not, shout out to y'all too. We've uh, we've picked up quite a few uh, new patrons in the last couple months. So uh, yeah, if you're new to the show, if you're a new patron, thanks. It's fucking dope. Tell your homies, uh, rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you use. It helps helps boost visibility. It's you know it would be cool to get this into into more ears because it just gives us a, a broader platform and with which to to big up bands that we enjoy. Which, like I said, ultimately is by by far for me at least um, my favorite side effect of the show is when Absolutely. people hit me up and say, "Hey, I bought I bought these dope seven inches because I heard them on the show." That's that's to me the actually rewarding part. The yeah. shooting the shit and fucking talking shit and running our mouths off. That's shit that we do in our private time anyway. So we would be doing that regardless. The cool thing is when people actually hear new shit that's that's dope. So um on that note, if you don't have any uh closing thoughts, I think we can wrap it up. No, I think I'm good. All right, sweet. We will holler at you next time. Peace. <laughs>